0: Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowee.church. Enjoy the message. Amen and amen. He is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy of all of our uh, all of our lives that we might live uh, surrendered and sold out for the glory of his name, that everything we have uh, is a gift from him that we might use for uh, for the gift and reason and for the purposes that he uh, has intended it. Uh, this morning, I'm uh, so grateful just to open the word of God together. We're going to continue in Romans uh, chapter twelve. and you know as uh, we were seeing the video and and just being reminded of this time of year and the the power of a, a simple gift. Uh, you know I think about this uh, operation Christmas child and Uh, You know, a lot of times we think about something as small as uh, a shoebox, and we wonder a little bit, you know, could that really make a difference? And I've had the blessing of being in Honduras uh, the last couple of years, and one of the ladies that uh, has served and and led part of the teams that we've been on uh, was a lady that now lives in Gainesville, Georgia, and and works in uh, the Clarkston area uh, using uh, a gift that God gave her, soccer, Uh, to proclaim the gospel. And uh, I had the blessing of sitting uh, around in a small group devotion and hearing her share the story of when she was in an orphanage and she received a shoebox and to share that the things that she had been praying for were in that shoebox. And the way that God, uh, in in His greatness, just worked in in His providence to uh, speak to her through that simple gift. And, you know, sometimes we wonder, could a, could a simple gift really make a difference? And could maybe could, could we really make a, a difference? And, and I just want to encourage you uh, to, to seek the Lord when it comes to uh, being part of that. But, but ultimately, in even a, a greater way today, uh, just to think about what it would look like for you to uh, just surrender everything to him that that in light of his greatness and all that he's done that you might say God what I have is yours now we think about gifts and a lot of times we see associated with different products or different things Uh, a warning label that goes along with that. I was thinking about the soccer ball. You don't have to show those kids what to do with a soccer ball when that gets there. But there may be other things that they would not know about. And I think about things in our life sometimes, and I've grown a liking just to reading warning labels because it reveals so much about just who we are, right? That these even have to be there. Uh, And so I've got a few of those warning labels that that we'll look at this morning. The first one uh, you'll see, and and I can kind of picture this on Highway 28 Uh, at some point Um, I don't know like I mean I don't know if anybody in here has ever hooked that behind your your truck or whatever and and hopefully not but maybe so and and I don't know I mean I was a young dad at at one time and we need all the help we can get I mean you might see this one (laughs) this could help some of you guys here today right now you know, you think about those kind of things. Now, this one was a warning that I, I would not have expected. Maybe this worked out at a, a truck stop somewhere, but um, this is important, right? Like, could have saved his life like a robbery right there. Like, they don't have those on hand. Uh, here, here's another one, and, and I can't imagine uh, maybe trying this, but I'm sure at some point somebody did for this to be on every jet ski. Um, Yeah, I don't know, right? And, and, and how many people have like a, a real special animal in your life, right? And we, we, we see a lot of, uh, you know, cute things happen. Well, this little puppy had some uh, prescription meds to kind of help them out along the journey. and I don't know, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you let your puppy drive, right? But that has to be there, right? Here's another one. Maybe, maybe you experienced this this morning on the way to, uh, to church or trying to get ready along the way, right? I mean, sometimes we're running a little behind. It'd be a lot easier just to do that as we go. Uh, for somebody like me who gets injured pretty regularly on one of my kids' uh, toys or one of my kids' uh, new things, this one this one can help right here, right? <laughs> I'm sure I got an injury at some point from not knowing that, right? Hey, here, Here's one for our brother Ed. They do a lot of firewood ministry, and I don't know if we need to start handing this out, but uh, you, you really have to know, right? There could be some danger there, risk of fire uh, along the way. And, and finally, like, I don't know what kind of mail y'all get, but here's one on a letter opener. I don't know if anybody's ever put on your safety goggles for that or not, but <laughs> what kind of mail do y'all get? I'm serious. Like, I don't know. But, but here's this thing, right? We, we have uh, all these things, right, that are designed for a specific purpose. They're designed... Uh, for th- this, this intention. And, and we have all these warning labels because we can mess that up sometimes, right? But I want to encourage you this morning that as part of the body of Christ, that uh, God desires to use every one of you. And every, uh, every person in here, if you're a believer in Christ, you are part of the body of Christ. And, and God desires to use you. He desires to use your gifts for His glory. But you know, could it be that there are so many believers that never really figure out what their purpose is, that never really just allow God to use the gifts that He's given them uh, in a way that would uh, build up the body of Christ, in a way that would uh, be on mission for the glory of His name. And so we want to look at that specific thought uh, today. We're in Romans chapter 12. We're going to look specifically at verses 6 through 8. But for the sake of context, we're going to read beginning in verse 1 all the way to verse 8. If you'll stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Uh, the scripture says this beginning in verse 1, uh, therefore, and, and we want to remember that this is the whole background of this sermon, right? That, that in light of all God's mercy, in light of all God's grace, in light of uh, all that he has done for us, therefore, and, and Paul writes, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful. God, we're grateful for all that you have accomplished through the finished work of the cross. And God, as we will come together today and we will uh, take communion together, we look back and we are reminded, uh, Lord, of all that you have done, Lord. And we are so grateful, God, that we were unworthy, Lord, that in, uh, even in, while we were yet sinners, Lord, that you died for us, and so we look back today, and we, God, we just rejoice and worship in light of all that you've done, Lord. And we, we look within our lives, God. We examine ourselves, and in light of what you've done, Lord, what are we, uh, what are we doing, God? What are we doing in response to that? And God, I pray that you would help us to see that every one of us, God, that every believer in this room, God, that you uh, have given them a gift, God, that you've given them at least one, God, that has been uh, given for the purpose of, of edifying the church, Lord, and for the purpose of, of God exalting your great name, Lord. And we just pray that today, Lord, we would see our place and, Lord, that we might embrace what you've called us to in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we ask this, Lord, in the strong and mighty name of Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated uh, this morning in You know, we think about these gifts that God has given us. And the first thing I want to encourage you to do, uh, kind of connected to to last week, is to see ourselves correctly. So we want to look with this sober uh, self-assessment, with this reality of where we are. And this is really important when when we think about the gifts that God uh, has given His church. Because it's very hard for us to look at gifts that He's given us. Uh, without becoming arrogant and prideful, or uh, on the other extreme, to, to look at the gifts that he's given us and to look at gifts that he's given other people and feel like we have missed out or, or, and have this envious look toward them. But I want to make a statement as we start that every believer is a valuable part. And this is going to be a very simple message today today. Uh, And simple doesn't always mean that it's easy to execute, right? Following Christ and and walking in God's will in all reality is pretty simple. But it's not easy. And and so every believer is a valuable part. We want to think right and we want to see ourselves correctly in light of that truth. Verse 5 says this, So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Now, last week, we handed out puzzle pieces as you came in or as you left, and there's a, a box of those outside if you want to get one of those, and, and just as this reminder, you may want to put it in your pocket and just be reminded that God desires to use you as part of something uh, bigger, that you are a valuable part, and we see this this uh, puzzle, we see this thought of a, of a puzzle, and when we see that, there's, uh, there's pieces that are unique and different. Some of the... The pieces of this puzzle. Maybe a part sticks out. We might think of that as a a strength in our life. We might think of that as a a part that'll fit in in another puzzle piece where maybe there's a hole or a gap and there's uh, possibly a weakness that's there. Uh, I think about the way that God has uh, gifted me with uh, my wife. And when we look at just the way he's wired us, like we're so different. Like she's so organized and she's like, I'm married so far way out of my leg. She's in Kidman serving this morning. She's like, she's just an amazing lady, right? And, and what we understand that like God looked at humanity and his creation and he said, it's not good for man to be alone, right? From the very beginning, God hasn't designed us to do life in isolation, he said it's not good for man to be alone. He created a helper suitable for him. And what we see is that as we come together, like, my strengths cover her weaknesses. Her weaknesses cover my strengths. There's these places that we that we function together in these roles that God has given us in, in a way that brings him glory and that uh, is, is for our good, right? And so what we understand is as part of the body of Christ, we, we see that these weaknesses and strengths, they come together. And none of us, like, when we look at our gifts, we want to take, like, a... a an accurate look at who we are, they're probably never going to let me be in the band, like, <laughs> ever. I'm never going to sing, like, I mean, I might, but if it is, it's just happy birthday, and it's for fun. But it's like, they're, they're not going to, I'm not going to be in that, because that's not where God has gifted me. But I thank God for those that are in this room, that God has gifted in that way, that are using their gifts uh, to to bring him Glory, and, and what we understand is that every part, every piece is important. And, and God takes this collective assembly, right? That, that he takes this, this beautiful picture of the body of Christ and it paints a picture. It demonstrates something beautiful for the world to see when we operate using our gifts, when every person says, hey, I, I see myself correctly in light of this and I want to use what God has given me for his glory. And, and some of you got that puzzle piece last week. Here's what it was a puzzle of, right? It's the, uh, the empty tomb. You'll see that there. And so, and I don't know if you've ever put a puzzle together and then all of a sudden you get to the end of it and there's a piece missing. Like, right, it's an awful moment, right? And, and, and it's this kind of moment, right? The, the body of Christ, there's a, a reality that when one person is not engaged in the purposes that God has created them for, that it, it, the, the whole body suffers, right? That this whole thing. And when we are, are, are walking in God's planning, we are surrendered, we're living, we're using what God has given us to further His kingdom. It's a beautiful picture, and it reminds the world that the tomb is empty, that the throne in heaven is occupied, and there's a people who are walking in obedience, who are empowered by the Spirit of God uh, to just be ordinary, everyday people that have been. Saved by Christ and are on mission for the glory of his name. And it declares that the tomb is empty. So these things that we're given, we want to have this right picture, right? They're, they're, uh, they're not trophies, right? They're tools. They're, they're not things that somehow make us arrogant because one person can do this, another person can do this. But we understand that it's part of this bigger picture. And we're part of a family, right? We talked about that last week, right? That we looked at the early church and just this reality that after they came to faith in Christ... That those who had received his word and baptized, they they were added to the number right then, those who were being saved. And then the scripture says they continued in the and, and listen, it was this beautiful picture. They Became us. They they were added to the family. Those that had placed their faith and trust in Christ. They became part of the family. And they gathered for the apostles teaching. And they gathered in groups. And they engaged in the mission of Christ. And so we are part of a family. And you will never experience life the way God has intended it. By living independently. Only by living interdependently. There's a reason God didn't give any one of us everything that we need. Right? There's a reason that, that we have to depend on one another and that we are, are, are created intentionally in that way. Right? Every believer is a valuable part of the body of Christ. And every believer, every believer has a valuable gift. Look at verse 6. For the sake of time, I'm just going to read verse 6. But Scripture says this, if you read 6 through 8, it says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And Paul lists seven gifts in verses 6 through 8. And these are not the only gifts that they are. There's other passages of Scripture that gifts are listed. But what I believe the Apostle Paul is wanting us to see is not an inclusive list of every way that that God expresses uh, and, and works through the body of Christ but, but that there is this picture and this reminder that every believer is to be part of his work. Last week, we talked about this scoreboard, right? This thought of, of re- recognizing where we're at. And when you think about a scoreboard, I always think about football. I always think about uh, getting in the midst of like the fourth quarter, right? And when we look at a scoreboard and we see that it's the fourth quarter and time's ticking down, right? There's something that it, uh, that it does, right? We recognize that if we're going to do anything, especially if we're losing, right, if, if, we're, if we're in a spot where, where we're in the midst of this, this game, we've got to get, it, you know, it motivates folks. It's just this reminder of the time running down. And when I think about the, the scoreboard, right, and when I think about where we're at in the midst of this world, you know, there's a lot of talk right now. About the end times. I don't know if you have noticed that there's a lot of people talking about end times. We're seeing uh, different things in the uh, the war in in Israel, and we're seeing different things there. And there's a lot of attention. There's a lot of people that are asking questions. And I even uh, prayerfully considered this thought of pausing for just a bit and, and preaching a message. The end is near, and really just talking about like like all the things that we're seeing, all these things that are around, and and what it looks like to walk uh, in, in reality uh, that. We are living in the end times that we are closer than we have ever been, and I just did not find peace there, but as I was praying about these specific verses and I was thinking about uh, what the Lord teaches us in uh, this passage, I was reminded uh, of Matthew's gospel in Matthew chapter 24, and there's this moment where Jesus is speaking and he begins to uh, give this 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 picture of what uh, to expect. He gives these things that, that he would... Uh, point to in answer to this question, like, what is the end going to be like? What is it, what's it going to be like as those days approach? What's it going to be like in those moments? And we would read things in, in chapter 24 about rumors of wars, wars and rumors of wars, and, and nations that would rise against nations, and famines and earthquakes, and we would see all these things, the abomination of desolation. We would see all of these things being mentioned, right? And, and, and like uh, like me right I, I need a little more like I'm thinking and the disciples are, are reading and hearing and they're hearing all these words and and Jesus then in chapter 25 does something in the way that only, Jesus could do. And and, in just incredible the way that he would speak in parables. And in chapter 25, he gives them these three parables and he he gives them to us in in a way that we can understand what do we do as we live looking for the return of Christ? Because here's the reality. The King is coming. When we sung uh, this morning, who is worthy to open the scrolls, right? It is the Lamb who was slain, right? And we understand that there is a day coming where Jesus will return and he will make all all things new and we recognize those things. So, what do we do? How do we live in light of that? And these three parables, right? The first of those, we see the parable of the ten virgins, and, and there's this picture of being prepared for the moment, right? Of us living. And, and I want to encourage you, we need to be prepared for the moment that Christ would return. We need to be living for that day, this day, right? Because we don't want to miss the moment. That's what he's saying in the parable of the ten virgins. He says, listen, don't miss the moment. Like if they're here and you you've never repented of your sins and surrendered your life to Christ, that you've never just come to the place to say, you know what? I understand that I'm a sinner and apart from the work of Christ, there's nothing that I could do to be made right with a holy God. And I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit where I'm at and I respond the only way that I can. Like I understand that I don't bring anything to the table. There's nothing I could do to earn my salvation, but I respond in repentance and faith and believing and trusting in the finished work of the cross. Listen, I wouldn't wait another second if I didn't know Jesus. And the the parable of the 10 virgins, he said, be prepared for the moment because you don't want to miss the moment. In the parable of the talents, he says, listen, when you see this passage, and we're going to look for that today, we're going to read the parable of the talents. And we see that, first of all, you don't want to miss the moment. But the second thing, you don't want to waste the moment. And so the moments that we are in, we don't want to waste any time that we have. It is a gift from God for us, for the church, and we don't want to waste the moment. The sheep and goats, the the last part of that chapter, uh, the last parable says, here's what you do in the moment. These are the people that you look after. These are the vulnerable. These are the ones that you're engaging. He says, this is how you live in light of the return of Christ. And so in Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, with that in mind, beginning in verse 14, we read this. And I'm going to pause along the journey. You can leave the scriptures uh, there, but we're going to walk through this fast. It is just like a man. About to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To the one, he gave five talents. To another two and another one. Each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Verse 16, scripture says, immediately. And we need to note that, right? Immediately. The one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner. The one who had received the two talents gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Now, these talents, these are not speaking of, of gifts like we're talking about today. This is a, 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 something of great monetary value. There's uh, just incredible uh, financial resources uh, that are here. And, and even the person that got one received just this incredible gift. right? And what we would see is the one who had received five talents, verse 20, came up and brought five more talents saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put money in the bank, and upon my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness in that place where there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, that's a heavy, that's a heavy parable, Right? And here's this reality, and and, you know, when, when when I talk to couples about what God has given us, and we talk about finances, or we talk about those kind of things as we do premarital counseling, the thing that I want them to understand more than anything in that session is that God owns it all. God owns it all, and he's blessed us with some, and he expects every one of us There is a day coming when the master will return and he expects every one of us in light of all that he has done for us, that we would use everything that he has given us for the glory of his name, right? That we would, that we would be stewards, right? That's what we try to teach, right? When we sit down and we look at that, we say, listen, God desires that we would understand that what he has given us, that we are to be a steward over all that, that it belongs to him. And and the reality is that what some of us need to remember is that we've been bought with a price. When we looked at at this uh, chapter and we were beginning just walking through these scriptures, we said that that God's will is not lost. You know, a lot of us are saying, hey, we want to be finding God's will for our life. We're looking for God's will for our life. God's will is not lost and it's not our life. We've been purchased by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and we live for the glory of his name and he is worthy of everything. And so we are are entrusted, right, to be a steward, to be a manager. And, And there's some dangers that we find when God. God has given us all of these blessings and all of these things, we understand that there's some dangers that come with that, some warning labels, so to speak. And so we have been given these gifts, and every one of us has a gift that God desires for us to be using for the kingdom. Every one of us has resources. Every one of us has been given. uh, Everything that we have, right, is a gift from God. And the danger that we have is we could bury it, right? We could, we could have that danger. You'll see uh, just a, a, a kind of a picture of that, right? We're part of this, this puzzle. We've got this thing, but there's this danger that we could bury the gift, that we could do nothing with it, right? When we read in this passage, uh, we see that this person said, I was afraid. Right, And it might be out of fear. It might be that we don't want to take a risk. It might be that we're in those kind of places and we just take the gifts that God has given us and we do nothing with them. We just bury those gifts and we don't use them to benefit the kingdom. There's another danger right, of us having these gifts and comparing them with other people. We talked a little bit about that. right? Instead of gratefully using the gifts that God has given us, we look at other people and we compare their gifts to ours. We compare that, and and what comparison does is it robs us of joy, right? It robs us of of God's best and what he desires for us as we would walk in obedience to him. Uh, I want to show you this little picture to illustrate this. This is a picture from a snow day uh, at my house, right? And when you see that picture, right, I I hope that you see that picture and you're like that's that's my that's my wife I was talking about I told you I was like way out of my league right and we we see that and and I'm grinning right because she's standing beside me and why would I not grin like in, in, when I realized that and so there's that moment and then my kids are down there and it was a season back they were smaller but look how sweet they are they're just kind of like leaning in it's just like this most beautiful moment right and what you understand is like I live on top of a mountain and when it snows there's nobody there to take that picture for me so I've got my phone and if you notice like we we planned this thing out right my my wife worked hard for this moment. We're all matching. This is going to be like. And, and by the way, this picture is a snapshot. What we love this picture so much that we that we got one of those canvases, right? Of, of us, right? Because. I don't know. We got this canvas of us, and we've got it on our wall. And, and we look at this picture, and it's such a beautiful picture, right? And, and we see all those things. But what you don't know about that picture, right? We, I stuck a phone uh, over on the hood of a car, and I would set the little timer on it, and then I would run back, and everybody got a one, two, three. Yeah. And in those moments, right, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to tell you any details of, like, the reason that the picture was really, really difficult, but we had the hardest time getting this picture it's to the point that, that it's like, you know, you're coming back to the picture and you're like, you stick your tongue out one more time. You won't have a tongue, son. I'm just telling you. I'm going to die. I just. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I thought it. I thought it. But like, somebody told me one time, if you think it, you might as well say it because you already got charged for it anyway. But I don't know. I don't think that fully lines up with scripture because rift the swifty slow to speak so so don't don't I'm not I'm not suggesting that's good but but that was the reality right we were in that kind of place in that moment so much right and and it wasn't just like the tongue it was like everything that we did made that picture bad so we got this beautiful picture we put it on the wall we didn't even put it on social media we it was like mm -mm, forget that right we don't want any comments we don't want anything my son actually told me he's like this year he's like you know we should get rid of that picture We should get rid of that picture. When I see that picture, so so when we see that picture, like honestly, when we see it, now it's kind of a reminder of God's grace and just this brokenness that we are. But but here's this thing: like when we see that picture, what you would see from the outside is what you think of me. That's what we see on social media. That's what we see. We see what we think about somebody else and we compare it to what we know about ourselves. And here's the thing: if we're if we're honest. Like I struggle with with walking in the gifts that God's given me, and I and, and at times I'm like, do, do I even have them? I'm like, God, what are you what are you doing? And, and I'm self conscious and I'm worrying. And now you live, we live in a world where here's the, here's the thing: you can go and and pull up podcasts and YouTube and anything else in the world, and you can find a thousand better preachers than me that you can listen to. You can find all of those things, right? And we can compare ourselves, and we can worry, and we can do all those things, or we can say, you know what? No, no, no. This is what God has called me to in the midst of those things. And I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm a child of the King, right? And I've been purchased by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and called to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And, and we understand that it's not my words that have power, it is the power of the Word of God. And, and we listen, what do we do? What do we do? You know, we have seen God move in an incredible way. In this faith family this year, we've seen God move, where we've seen many people come to faith in Christ. We've seen large numbers of people baptized. Why is God doing it? What's he doing in our midst? I, I don't know everything about answering that, but what I can tell you is that if we will commit to every person saying, you will take everything that God has given us, and we will return and we will use it for the glory of Christ, and we will proclaim the good news of the gospel, and we will live surrendered, sold out to him, not Not for our own glory, but for his, recognizing that apart from him, we can do nothing, right? We want to have an accurate view of ourselves. We don't want to come in arrogant. We don't want to come feeling like we bring anything to the table. But what we understand is that God in his sovereignty and in his grace, that he has allowed us to be part of, of these moments. And in these moments, right, when we'll walk in obedience to him, he'll take broken pieces and he'll make masterpieces. He'll pick people. Paul said, I rejoice in my weakness. I rejoice in my tribulations. I rejoice in those. Things, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And listen, when God looks at us and, and, and God's doing a work in His people, they don't look and say, "Hey, that's a look." At, no wonder they're doing some stuff. They're not the most talented people in the world. They're like, "How does that guy that can't do any like like it, you don't even have to worry about who gets the credit because it's all God." And then listen, we walk in those things, so we don't want to spend our time comparing danger number 3 lounging right we don't want to sit back we've been given a bunch church and we don't want to sit back you've been given a bunch i've been given a bunch and this church has been given a bunch we have been uh, we have so many resources that are ready to deploy for the kingdom of god and we've got to be a people who are willing to step out by faith and to walk in what god would call us to to be a people who would recognize that the master is coming back that the king is coming and And because of that, we cannot be lounging when he comes. We cannot be uh, sitting back because we've developed a place that can be comfortable. We cannot be sitting back because it's easier to do those things. We've got to be a people that are saying he is worthy. And because of what he has done, everything I have is his. The king is coming. And our responsibility is faithfulness. Our responsibility is faithfulness with what he has given. Danger number four. And we're right now done. He's is achieving. Right? We can be successful. We could, we could see this as a church. We could say, you know what? Uh, w- we can be comfortable with what God's doing. And we could say, hey, we're, we're happy in, in the places that we're at. And we're just going to get comfortable. But, but when I'm talking about this achieving, uh, one of the professors that in seminary that impacted me is a guy named Howard Hendricks. And he said that one of the dangers that pastors, one of the dangers that, that believers, one of the dangers that every one of us could have is that we could be successful but in things that don't matter. See, we could be successful according to the things of this world. We could have businesses and we could have boats and we could have budgets and we could have whatever the things are that this world might say that would make us complete. But if we are successful in those things and make no difference for the kingdom of God, then we are successful in nothing and we have squandered and wasted the treasures that God has given us For things that they were not intended for. And so here's the truth. God expects every believer to use what he has given them for the purposes that he has given them for. He expects us as a church to live for the glory of his name and to use everything that he has given us in a way that would propel the gospel forward. And so instead of comparing, instead of being in those kind of things, we want to compile and recognize that our gifts can be used for the glory of his name. We want to recognize God desires to do a work in and through his people. He's got to work in us in order to work through us. But every one of us, we have gifts that have been given for his glory. And we need to discover those. We need to understand what those are. So we need to pray and ask God to reveal those to us. There's tools. Uh, if you're following along in the sermon app, there's a, a Real You assessment that's a spiritual gift assessment. It's also found on the very front page of our website. It'll say discover your gifts. And you can click on that. And it, it'll give you some guidance in, in what God uh, may have wired you uh, to do. In places that, that you have gifts and strengths and spiritual gifts and things that are there. I encourage you... Uh, To jump into those places. But here's the thing in this parable, the master goes away. And these people are responsible to do it. He says he was gone for a long time. They were responsible to manage their time. You see that the profitable servants, that they took the time that they had and they used their gifts in the midst of that time in a way that multiplied and, and brought glory to God. So we see them manage their, uh, their, their, their time. We see them manage uh, their talents. And we see them manage their treasure, right, that had been given to them, these financial resources. And God, God commands all of us to do the very same Thing. And so our response today is this, God, all that I have is yours. God, you own everything, I own nothing. You've given me some and I will steward it for the glory of your name. You've given me things to manage and I will manage those, God, with your help as your spirit guides, as you walk, as you direct, because every one of us has a role to play. Every one of us has a, has a part that God will use us for in his kingdom. God doesn't need us, but he chooses to work through his people. And so what would it look like if you woke up tomorrow with a sense of purpose? What is it? What would it look like as you lived just wholly surrendered to God and you and you understood that your purposes were greater than what you had originally? Thought, and you would step into a place where you would find fulfillment, where you would find joy, where you would find satisfaction, where your business all of a sudden was not just a job, but it was a calling, where you understood that every place that God has placed us, that he ordains those steps, that he allows us to be in those places so that he might be glorified where we are, that our businesses were platforms for the gospel to go forth, that our, that our lives were all... Uh, given for His glory. Your skills, your talents is used for His purposes, for His glory. That those around you, as you abide in Christ, would see spiritual transformation and they would be drawn to, to, the, to the one who is changing everything. See, it all begins with surrender. It all begins with stepping out of what we feel comfortable in and, and, and the, the places that we That we hold on so dearly. What would it look like for you. To go all in for Jesus. What would it look like. What would it look like for me to go all in for him. What would it look like. I want to encourage you to take a step. That direction. He is worthy. You know we're going to take communion together here in just a moment and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite our, our deacons to come and prepare the table and I want to just invite you in those moments maybe just to, because they're going to be moving and, and the band's going to be moving, I want to invite the rest of you just to, to bow your heads for just a moment and close your eyes so that we can reflect. And as they prepare the table, I want you to consider what it looks like to prepare your heart for this moment. You know, when we take communion, we look back and we are reminded of what Christ has done on the cross. We look back and we see the substitutionary atoning sacrifice that Jesus gave himself in our place on the cross. And and this morning, as we take communion, if you are a believer and you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then we invite you to take part in this communion uh, today. And and we want to just ask every person here, if, if you're here today and there's never been a time in your life where you've repented of your sins and just believed and trusted in Jesus for salvation, before we take the supper, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to His grace this morning. You know, the scriptures would say that we, we would admit that we're a sinner, that we would recognize that, that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that apart from, uh, from the work of Christ that we are without Hope That there's none righteous, not even one. That the wages of sin is death, separation from God in a place called hell. But that in God's grace and in his mercy, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that if we would look to the cross and we would recognize that what Jesus did on that cross that accounted for me, that there was nothing that I could do to earn my salvation, but that Jesus died on that cross in my place. He took all of my sin and all of my shame and he hung on Calvary's cross for me in my place. And if we look to that cross and believe and trust in him, then we could pass from death to life. The scripture says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we could be saved. And if you're here this morning... And you've never trusted Jesus. And you're, you recognize that in this moment. You say, you know what? I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm apart from Christ, that I have no hope. That I'm separated from God. But today, I believe and I trust in what Jesus has done on that cross in my place. And I call on his name. And even in these moments, you can pray. It's not the words of a prayer that saves us. It's a condition of our our heart in response to what Jesus has done. It is is what he has done on the cross that saves us. And our response is simply to believe and trust in him. And if that's you, I encourage you to call on his name even in these moments to be saved. And then as this communion comes, you can feel free to take part in that for the very first time. I'm gonna pray for us and the deacons will distribute the bread and the juice. And as we uh, kind of go through these moments, I encourage you believers to, to look within. Just to examine our lives and to say, God, we're so grateful for what you've done as we look back to the cross. And we just examine ourselves and say, God, what am I holding on to? What do you want me to do in light of what you have done? And that we prepare our hearts to take communion together. It's part of the body of Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? This morning I'm believing and trusting in Jesus for the very first time. We praise God for, for moments like that. and We pray that you'll allow us into those moments. But ultimately, it's a moment between you and the Lord. Pray together with me. Father, we're grateful for your body the word that was given for us that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary you made a way for sinners like me to receive forgiveness and mercy Lord not to do anything to earn our way to you but to be completely justified by faith in the finished work of the cross Lord, that by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that we could be made new. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would rejoice in that gospel this morning. Every believer in this room. And God, if, if there's those that don't know you, God, I pray that right now, God, they would trust you. Lord, that they would be willing to take that step of faith. Lord, to be, to be baptized as a believer in the weeks to come. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We ask for your blessing on us in Jesus' name. Amen.